It's April 11th. It's the day before uh, we celebrate Easter. And man, I'm telling you, this, <laughs> this has been some crazy times. But it's good. I'm looking out the window at the backyard, what we consider our backyard, out into what my granddad would have called the pasture. Uh, I look at the pond, which is <laughs> drying up quickly. But I love this place. And just looking out there makes me feel better. Listen, I know a lot of folks are discouraged. I just talked to a friend of mine, talking about how discouraging these times are and how difficult it is to do things for the Lord right now. And every time you try something, uh, there seems to be an obstacle, a problem. I know this week, every time we have tried to do something this week, there has been a problem with the technology. Thursday night, we did a Lord's Supper here in the house. Really enjoyed that. But then, but right before we got started, not enough time to do anything about it since we were time. The microphone, uh, the clip that goes on the microphone broke. And so I uh, thought I had it kind of put where you, it would work through, but then talked to somebody yesterday who, well, they said, you know, Brother Dan, we tried to watch, wanted to watch, and um, but we couldn't hear. And they said, we'll just watch them, and when they t- partake, we'll partake. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good commitment. I appreciated that, but it just seems like everything we did. It has been a long week for a lot of folks, but we got to do something. Kathy and I got to do something yesterday. I want to thank the people involved that helped uh, so people cooked chicken dinners and, 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 and gave them out to folks. And we got to deliver dinners. Man, it did feel good to do something for folks yesterday. Um, I am, I'm like a lot of people going stir crazy. I'm not used to being, you know, <laughs> bound. And I have, I've had to travel more, you know, more than a lot of folks. And I, and I know that my spirit is. And so I know how difficult it is to talk to me. And yesterday, I think it's been six weeks, four weeks. Whew, they've not been out. They've not been past, you know, their property line. So I know how difficult it is. But listen, this is going to pass. We're going to get through this. I don't know what the world's going to look like. It was going to look different because of everything that's happening. Everything's going on. Like you, I read the stories, and I don't know what's true, what's 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 going to work out like that or not. But I do believe that when this passes, we're going to find out that God has done some great work and great things. And I got, I've been getting words of that. And I got word yesterday, someone I know and love, love, you know, that they're, they're drawing closer and watching services. So I just pray that you'll pray that God will bless those things that are going out. Listen, our purpose today is Sunday school. And every Sunday school I've ever been in, they used a few moments for announcements and things like that. But they guess the time you shut that off and you begin talking about the scripture for the day. So we're going to talk about that. Luke 24, beginning verse one, we're going to read 12 verses today. And we're going to talk about it. Uh, just you'll, you, you probably don't have to turn there. You know what we're going to read. But I hope that if you can, if you will, you'll get your copy of God's Word and uh, read it. You'll probably be able to pause this if you need to look for it. Please do that. Just get God's Word along and read it with us. Luke 24, we're going to read those first 12 verses. There are three things that the writer in our book uh, states out about his context. One, Jesus' tomb, he says, remains empty. That's absolutely right. There was a time when it was empty. There's a time when Jesus was there, and there's a time when it was empty again, and we're in that time. Now, I haven't been to the Holy Land, and I know I've heard about, you know, uh, the tomb supposedly found all this stuff. I don't know whether that's the right one. Don't know all that, not getting that discussion. But if you do go there, Jesus isn't there. Uh, he rose from the dead. I know that. I'm sure of that. I'm not sure whether or not that's the correct tomb. Don't know. Don't want to get in that discussion. I'm not trying to start any argument about it because I just don't know. But here's what I do know. If you if that's not the right one, if you find the right one, Jesus isn't there either because he rose from the dead. And I thank you for that. So that's the first thing. Then the writer says, which is what I just mentioned, Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He was dead. <laughs> he was dead and he was alive. <laughs> he says, so. he was dead. 
But then he was alive. Boy, that just sounds so great. That just sounds so great. And, and then the third one, eyewitnesses confirm the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus uh, from the dead. Now, the thing I will tell you about those eyewitnesses, they never planned to be eyewitnesses. They didn't believe Jesus was rising from the dead. They didn't look for Jesus to rise from the dead. They didn't expect Jesus to rise from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, they were as shocked as everyone. But they came to the point, they came to the time where they came to believe it. I'm telling you, I could preach this sermon without notes if I needed to. Say, Brother Danny, it's not a sermon. It's Sunday school. Well, it may be Sunday school, to, <laughs> Sunday school to you, but I only got one form, <laughs> and that's to do this. So anyway, uh, you go back and read the story. You find out what it says. They had no clue. In fact, they didn't go uh, to the tomb to see a risen Savior. They went to the tomb to anoint a dead, a, a dead friend, uh, to, to, to place the spices on him, everything else. It had, never, it had never clicked with anybody that heard Jesus that he would rise from the dead. Although he said it, although he testified to it, although many times he pointed it out, they still did not know. Well, here's the story. Luke chapter 24, beginning verse 1, down the first day of the week, very early in the morning. I, I've read things before. And he said, you know, that's the best time to see God early in the morning. It is. That doesn't mean you have to do your Bible reading there. I have been, I, I have transferred my Bible reading all around, doing different things and everything. And uh, I have over the I don't know, for a long time now, I've done it early in the morning, unless something, you know, providentially hindered, I think is the phrase. But I, I, I read the Bible through uh, every year, at least once. And now I am writing, um, I am, I, I am writing uh, devotionals every day that hopefully one day will be, uh, it will be published somewhere. Thoughts of the day, I call them. And then sometimes I share them with you, but mostly I'm just writing them and saving them and going to work on them, you know, writing them this year, going to, you know, kind of freshen them up next year, and then we'll see what happens to there. Just trying to do everything I can, but uh, to to get the word out and, and leave a legacy, I guess, of faith. And, and even my family's the only ones that ever read what I've wrote. I hope that they'll do that and, and think uh, and, and realize those were my thoughts about about what God has done. And, and so now that on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, let's seek God when we first get up. Let's don't wait. Some years ago, I worked on a construction job with a uh, with a man. He was a he was a good guy. I I didn't know him real real well before, and I didn't get to know him real real well on the job we worked on together for a while. But he was well known by others. And one day he was talking. He loved Coca Cola. I mean, he loved Coca Cola more than anybody I've ever known. And I've known some people who love Coca Cola. And he drank Coca-Cola all day long. Now, it was an amazing thing. It wasn't Diet Coke. It was real Coke. It was true Coke. It was <laughs> the, uh, the old Coke, not the new Coke and all that stuff. And back in those days, the new Coke was around. And he drank it all the time. And his name was Buck, Mr. Buck. And they all, everybody called him Buck. And on the job, someone said, ask Buck uh, when, he, when was the first time he cooked or drank a Coke and when was the last time he took a drink of Coke in the day. And this is what he said. I'll never forget this. He said, well... The last thing I do before I go to sleep, before I put my hand on the pillow, is I take a sip of my cup. He said, then I sit it on my counter, on my nightstand, go to sleep, and first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is take a sip of Coke. And, you know, we were, and someone said, uh, you know, about it being hot, being warm, room temperature, and all those things. He said, it didn't bother him. He drank it out of the bottle, so it didn't bother him. He loved Coca-Cola. Now, in today's world, he's, oh, he was a kid, you know, he was, oh, people, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about all that. <laughs> He just liked Coke. I mean, there are certain things with sweet tea. I know people who drink sweet tea and are offended and upset if you give them unsweet tea. Uh, and they drink it almost that way. People that way with coffee and all kinds of things. I'm not really getting into all that, you know, addiction and all that. I, I, I just think he liked it. 
Now, could he have quit if he wanted to? I don't have a clue. Uh, can you quit your coffee? I don't have a clue. I know this. Uh, I have drank orange drinks for a long, long time. Drank them a lot. Uh, last few months in retirement. <laughs> what a laugh, retirement. What a joke that is. Um, <laughs> well, I have. I've cut back on drinking orange drinks. I've, I've, I'll go days without drinking one. And he, how'd you do that? Well, cold turkey. So, you know, didn't you miss it? Yeah, you know, I've been drinking water mostly. Uh, 99% water. Uh, it's different, but you can do it. So I wasn't addicted to that. I just liked him. And I don't know that he was addicted to Coke. But here's the point. He knew what he loved and what he loved was Coke. I know who I love and his name is Jesus Christ. And they came early to the temple, early to the tomb, excuse me, to anoint his body for burial because their friend had been crucified and they wanted to give him a decent burial. They didn't go to find him alive. They thought he'd be dead, but they went anyway. They didn't even know who moved the stone. Let's wake up the story. Now, the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices, which they prepared, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb as it wasn't there. I mean, Jesus had already risen before they got there, even though they went early in the morning. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ twice, right here in this passage. Luke, in just a, a, just a matter of seconds, right there, I don't know if you can hear the finger snap, in a matter of seconds, made it very clear to those who read this story that the body had been risen. They had nothing to do with it. They were shocked. They were amazed. They were perplexed. They were surprised. Everything you can say, because Jesus was not there. They went in and found the body of Jesus, and it happened as they were greatly uh, perplexed about this. Uh, boy, there are some things in life you scratch your head about, whatever, pull your hair out. Um, I don't, that's not quite what happened to me when my bald head, <laughs> I didn't pull it out. But there are times where you go, man, how'd that happen? This is one of those moments that go, what happened here? Where'd he go? Where is he? And they weren't sure. They didn't understand. And then behold, two men uh, stood by them in shining garments. You know who they were. You know, you, you know what they were, however you want to say it. They were still, they, they still weren't clued in. They still didn't understand. Uh, then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces and, and bowed their faces to earth. They said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? First clue, he's no longer, he's no longer where the dead is. He is living. And then listen, well, I love this. The, uh, I love this phrase. He is not here, but is risen. Boy, I tell you, it's an explanation point. Outside voice. Okay, outside voice. He is risen. Think about that. He is risen. Outside voice. He is risen. Remember, now Now he's telling them, go back and think about what he said, what he did, what he applied, uh, what, he, what he told you directly, what, where everything seemed to be going. Remember what you had been taught in the scriptures before, the Old Testament. Go back and remember that stuff. Remember it. Look at it. Think about it. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. He told you exactly what's going to happen. He had happened exactly as he said. He was crucified. He was, as a friend of mine used to say, graveyard dead. And then he rose from the dead. Well, praise the Lord this morning. <laughs> I am so glad to get to do this today. And they remembered his words. I don't know how good your memory is, but sometimes it is just a blessing to have something you've forgotten come back into mind. Oh, that's right. He told us. He told us. He told us. Golly, look at this. I am telling you. I think they got happy. I, I don't know how happy. I don't know they ran, you know, around in circles or jumped the pews or <laughs> jumped the rocks, whatever they had. But they got, they got thrilled. I'm telling you, I get thrilled thinking about it. 
and they remembered his words. Verse 8, then they returned from the tomb, coming back uh, from where they had been. Hey, you know, friends, it needs to, there has to come a time and a moment and a place where you leave where you are, where deadness is in your life and deadness is in your spirit, and you got to come back uh, to the living. You got to come back to where life is, and you got to bring the good news of what you found, uh, how you how you were dead in sin, but you are now alive in Christ. You got to bring that back. And they remembered his words, and, and then they returned from the tomb and told all these so he didn't leave anything out uh, to the eleven. Uh, uh, Judas is gone now, so you can't tell him. Uh, and to all the rest, anyone who would listen, they would tell. We got to get back in that pattern. We got to start speaking out, speaking out, and declaring the truth of God and say what needs to be said. Uh, they said it. Verse 8, they returned and they remembered his words. They returned from the tomb and told all things to 11 and to all the rest. If I'm hollering at you, I'm sorry. If I'm talking too fast, I'm sorry. I get excited when I hear about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I do, I do, I do, I do. Uh, Verse 10, (laughs) we'll slow down a little bit. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. You know what they were doing? <laughs> these ladies go to the, go to the tomb empty to anoint him. They're hiding in the upper room. Maybe they're still sleeping. I don't know, but they're hiding in the upper room. They're looking. They're expecting other things to take place, transpire, whatever you want to say. But they did not and had not up to that point gone to the grave because they didn't expect what Jesus was going to do. So often you and I, we live our life without the expectation of Jesus doing something greater than we could imagine. I think one of the things that's happening to us in this pandemic is so many people have lost hope and lost faith or whatever you want to say, become discouraged because they have no idea what Jesus is doing. And on the other side of this, I'm going to tell you, we're going to find he did some great, some great, great things greater than we ever dreamed or expected him to do. Let's look at verse 11. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. In other words, man, the, disciples, the apostles didn't believe it either. And they did not believe them. He says, but Peter arose and ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Well, there has to be a moment. There has to be a time. There has to be a place where you come to the realization that Jesus is alive. It just does. It does. You can read. You can read the story all you want to. You can. You can talk to people who believe. You can. You can listen to others who have had a revelation. But till you believe, till you believe, it will not matter. Some years ago, I was. Uh, I was working with my dad. He was a plumber. I was a plumber at the time. I thought that's all I'd ever do. But I'd been saved, and I was serious about my faith. And I think I had answered the call to ministry. We're still working for him, waiting for God to show me what to do. And we did some work at a house. Now, you didn't know my dad. My dad, <laughs> my dad had a sense of humor that is beyond belief sometimes when I go back and think about it. But we did some work at a house. He didn't tell me a thing about the man uh, that we, his house we were working at. And so we go and work in a house. And, and I have to go in this man's library. Uh, to do, I guess he had a bathroom back there or something. I had to do something in it. And his library is... Uh, wall-to-wall Christian books. I mean, all about Christianity. And you just think that you're in, you know, you just think that you're in, uh, that you're in a believer's house. That's what you, you know, you see all that and that's what you believe. That's what you think. is what comes to mind. And so I thought, man, well, I didn't know who he was. He happened to come home and he's in in his in, in his house and he hadn't to come back to his office where I was. And I said, man, I see your library. It's impressive. He kind of looked and smiled. He said, well, he said, it's probably not what you think. He said, um, I, I teach religion. 
I teach religion in a college. In fact, I'm the head of a department in a college that teaches religion. And um, so I've got these books to study religion. I don't have them because I believe in Christ or because I believe in the resurrection or because I believe in the church. It's I just believe in religion. I like to teach it. <laughs> and I kind of lectured him a little bit, you know, said, man, look, and I, I kind of, I guess I shared my, my faith, my story, whatever you want to say. And uh, my dad, my dad's outside. He knows what I'm doing. And anyway, the guy didn't say anything. It wasn't like I, can, I convinced him to, uh, to come to Christ. But, you know, I stated my case. Well, <laughs> a couple of months later, I go to my, one of my first classrooms at LSU. And there he walks in. <laughs> there he is teaching my class. Old Testament. <laughs> and I don't know that it was the first day, the second day, uh, but pretty soon in that class, he makes this statement. <laughs> well, no one believes in Adam and Eve anymore. There's no one who believes that. And I said, well, that's not right, because I do. And he gave me that look <laughs> that, I saw, that I saw that facial expression like, oh, I remember you. You're the guy who was a plumber who told me about Jesus, whether I wanted to hear it or not. Uh, well, sadly, I don't know if he ever had that time, that moment, where he came to faith. He had all the knowledge in the world. I mean, he was smart. He was intelligent. He was gifted in that area. He knew anything and everything you don't know about religion. But by his own words, he knew nothing about Jesus. Today, as we close this Sunday school lesson, I want to tell you, knowing the facts isn't enough. You've got to know the Savior. Knowing that Jesus rose is great, but it's not enough. You've got to have accepted that fact in your life and let him come in and, and save you from your sin. My prayer is that you've enjoyed this Sunday school lesson. I know you're probably going to enjoy it as much as I have because <laughs> this has been fun for me. But I pray that you've enjoyed it and I pray there's been something in there. And I pray today that you'll remember that Jesus' tomb is empty. Because he rose from the dead. And now if you have not in the past made a decision, you need to make a decision about whether or not you accept that resurrection. Well, God bless you. I'm glad you were here today. I hope tomorrow the best you do the best you can to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Somehow, in some way, we're going to hold our service tomorrow, if at all possible, at the place we've talked about. Not going to burn you with all that here, but I will tell you that we plan to worship the Lord tomorrow at 9 o'clock in that place. If weather gets up and it's horrible, it's terrible, we're going to let you know, and we'll do, uh, you know, we'll do Facebook Live. But boy, I sure hope we get to worship the Lord and Savior together tomorrow. I hope I'll get to see you. But if I don't, I'll be praying for you. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day. Guys, I so appreciate you tuning in to the Brock Podcast. Before we go, I just want to tell you, you can get these podcasts in several places. I record them on Anchor, but they're available Spotify and Google and Pocket Cast and NPR and everything else. So I hope that you listen. I hope that you enjoy. I hope you share and tell others. I don't know how long they'll be available in those places. I have no clue how this works, but I do know this. As long as they're available, I want you, if you will, to pass them along and share these things with others. God bless you. Oh, I know. I hear the dogs too. See you later.